Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to a special New York Rangers playoff edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. After dispatching the Montreal Canadiens in six games, as I had predicted, the Rangers remain in a great position as they prepare to face off against the Ottawa Senators in the Eastern Conference semifinals, which are set to begin on Thursday, April 27th. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as I review the Rangers-Canadian series and preview the Eastern Conference semifinals with Sean McCaffrey, the creative force behind BlueCollarBlueShirts.com, Kevin Schroeder, forward from Fordham University, along with Caden Balint and Jared McCabe from the Upstate Sports Zone. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Sean McCaffrey, the creative force behind BlueCollarBlueShirts.com. Uh, I'm a man of my word, Sean, and we talked uh, you know, last show about having you back on once the Rangers took care of business and beat the Montreal Canadiens in six games. I called it, so thanks again for taking the time out. What's going on? I was happy to be here again. Any time for you, and I think we'll be having this conversation two weeks after the Rangers finishes the Senators. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'll we'll definitely look to do this again when we preview the Eastern Conference Finals because you and I talked about the fact that the Rangers are really in the best position to make a deep playoff run. You cross over into the Atlantic Division, take care of business against Montreal. It went six games instead of the traditional Rangers in seven overtime. You know, heart attack hockey, edge of your seat hockey. They did what they had to do. They won on the road, and they won at home, so they dispelled a lot of these myths. There are a few options. Yeah, they're, uh, I was going to say that both they're 2-1-1 at home and away, so can't say anything better than that. Right. Going into the seat, going into this series, we're worried, oh, how's Lundqvist going to hold up? How's he going to deal with the crowd in Montreal? How are the Rangers going to play at home? They really answered a lot of those questions. Yeah, I mean, he bucked every stat, every trend. I, like, I was talking about this between, uh, earlier. I think he's the uh, best player to play on right now. Yes. Yeah, so well, I just hope he could do it 12 more times. So. Uh, yeah, I know that you uh, you did a piece on your blog today, which I really enjoyed, where you kind of talked about Corsi and Fenwick. And I'm not really a huge stats guy myself, as, as you and I have said before. The games are won and lost on the ice, not on paper. But right now... Just to illustrate what you talked about, Lundqvist leads all Eastern Conference goalies in goals against average and save percentage. So I know it's only one round. I know it's, you know, four wins, but it looks like Lundqvist is is finally starting to, you know, get back to the, the Hank that we remember from 2014, the Hank we remember from 2012. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely the hype for 2012. So he was out of his mind this series, and I don't know if you watched the other series. I watched all eight of them, and I thought he had the most uh, heaviest workload out of any of the goalies that played. You know, Talbot had a couple of uh, tough games there in Edmonton, the first game, especially game one, but for six games, I thought Lundqvist was challenged the most, and he came up the biggest. And I, you got to look at credit to McDonough and Girardi, too, who uh, 
you hear all this long course, long course stuff, and yes, he was great. Can't take anything away from him, but. McDonough and Girardi also stepped up huge in the series. I wholeheartedly agree. I know we had some concerns going into the series as far as our defensive um, pairings go, but McDonough and Girardi have been have been solid. Smith and Shea have been solid. Smith brings a nice bit of snarl to our blue line too, which uh, we definitely need. However, you know Nick Holden is a defensive liability, to put it uh, mildly. Kevin Klein didn't fare much better. Do you see any scenario where we might wind up with, let's say, Clendenning at some point, or maybe Camfer? I hope not this series because I have the Rangers winning the series in five. So uh, I'm hoping that we don't see them because if they, if you do see them, that means something uh, tragic is going on. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. For Holden, this is the first time he really, really looked bad for like a consistent amount of time. So, I mean, that was kind of concerning, you know. But, uh, you know, the way AV is, if he's winning with the lineup he has on the ice, he goes back to that same lineup the next game. Right, right. You know, it, it you, it's interesting that you did bring that up because when Holden came out, we got a we we gave a fourth rounder away for him to Colorado. Is that what we got him for, Sean? Like a fourth rounder or something like that? I, I, I don't stop my head. I, want, I said it could be a fourth, right. but it wasn't much. Right, it wasn't much. And, and again, the guy had a pretty decent season. Then all of a sudden, he just fell off. And don't get me started with Kevin Klein. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that broken arm against uh, that Ovechkin slap shot, but his game has just gone south real, real quick. Yeah, it's kind of like Mark Stahl, same thing with the eye injury. He kind of went down as the years gone by, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think our, our, our penalty kill was solid. Our power play was abysmal. Uh, thank goodness Zuccarello scored that goal to get us off the schneid. Our... Um, our <clears throat> our power play went 1-15 for 15 against Montreal. You and I were messaging each other about this last night um the senators power play went five for 23 versus boston so we definitely want to make sure that we are the more disciplined team in this round uh what are your thoughts i mean i thought that there were a lot of these ticky tack stick penalties you know miller in particular Kreider, high sticking hooking slashing we've got to be more disciplined uh sean what are your thoughts on that I think me and you could talk about this to a blue in the face. The bottom line is we don't know what the hell these referees see and what they're going to call at any given game. We saw a lot of things go in games one and two, and then you see ticky-tacky calls in game three. Even just throughout the whole entire playoffs, even that Boston-Ottawa series, which is why I think Ottawa is not as strong as people think they are, Ottawa got a lot of beneficial calls from the referees in that series. They even won two overtime games because of it. So to say what's a penalty, what is a penalty, like who knows? Like every game, these referees just seem to come up with something new every game. So I, just, I really don't know how, to, how you predict it with these refs, you know? Yeah, I know. It's really unfortunate that a series is going to be won or lost based on inconsistent officiating. But as Ranger fans, Sean, we know what that's like. Just uh, go back to 2014. So. Nah, nah. All right, so. What's <laughs> not? Hey, you know what? <laughs> another another observation from the first round, and, I, and, and I'll go on record as saying this now, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. We might have one of the best fourth lines in the playoffs. I know AV is not huge on you know numbering his lines or calling his lines this and that but i mean you know fast Lindbergh, and even putting michael grabner on that fourth line really seemed to uh, do the trick yeah you know that's why like you talk about 2014 that's one of the reasons why they went that fourth line was so strong but uh this year i mean we saw he changed the fourth line after game three 
And uh, what do you do? He won, he won two and one with that line, so it worked. But um, I don't know. I'm not sure if I like grabbing on the fourth line as much. And I, you got to remember, he was the second highest score for them this year. Correct. So and then he, they pushed Zuccarello down to the third line. You know, he's they had bounced with him left and right. So you know, as long as they win on fourth line, as fans are going to be happy. But uh, you know, hopefully, whatever he's doing keeps working. And I think a lot of things fans forget. AV is with this team every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where we just see the games and, you know, what we ever read. So sometimes we got to trust in the coach and uh, think that he knows what he's doing. And like, so far, AV's got the track record here in New York. Yeah. No, I, I've been happy. I've been happy with AV so far in the four years he's been here. The one other observation, Sean, before we move on, is some of our top forwards were practically invisible in this series. You know, Chris Kreider, Derek Stepan come to mind. Even... Uh, you know, Miller and Hayes, to a certain extent, started to pick it up towards the end of the series. But we're definitely going to need more out of uh, out of our top guys. Yeah, like I said on the on the website too, they beat a very strong Montreal team with a lot of guys not showing up in that series. So yeah, we just one of those guys going. I I just I just don't see how they lose to Ottawa. You know, like you said, there's so many so many top guys who just didn't show up. You can't think it's going to go on for four more games. Someone's going to. Uh, get the fire under their, under their ass and start going kicking ass out there, you know? Yeah. I just really, that the biggest thing for me was Stepan. That was the most disappointing thing, especially because uh, he's your number one center and he's losing a lot of faces at the dot and, he, you know, you don't want to keep giving up puck possession. Yeah. Hey, uh, I also, one last thing, I'm looking through my notes here. It looks like the Rangers can play actually both that physical game as well as their, you know, run and gun, bread and butter, uh, you know, which was, you know, their their offensive skill game too. Uh, that we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, and that's what I was, uh, especially on the conversation with my father today. I, well, I'm interested to see who uh, Vignol goes with in uh, game one. Obviously, we know he likes to go with the same lines that win, so he might just go with the same lineups that he had for games five and six. Right. But uh, some guy, a wild card you might have to watch for Ottawa is uh, Chris Neal. He's very physical. He's an old guy. He don't care if he gets tossed for five minutes. We take somebody out with him. Right. So I wonder if you go with glass and offset that, or if you just keep rolling with what you got. Yeah, you know, Chris Neal is definitely somebody that comes to mind. There's another tough guy on that Sanders team, uh, Borzievsky, but right now he's out with a lower body injury. I'm not sure um, how much of a Yeah, he didn't really play much in that first round with, um, with Boston either. Right, there's definitely some tough guys on that Ottawa squad. Uh, as far as the line combinations, based on what I remember from Game 6, it looks like he uh, A.V. reunited Kreider Zibanejad and Buchnevich that KZB line that really seemed to have some success early on in the regular season. Looks like Nash, Stepan, and VC were together. I like the fact that VC dropped the gloves, um, you know, and showed a now little bit of grit. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, listen, I mean, I mean, again, I think that uh, you know the the Rangers were tired of some because a lot of the Montreal. F- players were doing like you said talking about the officiating a lot of the montreal players are doing dirty kinds of things with the stick whether it was ott you know whether it was um gallagher you know a lot of the in the corners and you know after the whistles a lot of ticky tack kind of stuff that the refs weren't seeing i think the rangers were just tired of putting up with it so they wanted to get a little physical well, I think like Steve Ott, you know, I thought he was great, you know, even though we're, you know, we're Ranger fans here, but I thought he had a lot of Sean Avery in, him in the yeah. series, you know, from the water bottle with Bonquist and Rambo Zuccarello's hair, like yep. just little stuff like that on their skin. I thought that was funny to watch yeah. the fan. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, Valakett and Duguay made a great point of the MSG show. 
those guys really influenced the rest of the Canadians. Instead of getting to what the Canadians were doing to win, they kind of went with what these goons were doing. I think it kind of cost them in the end because they're too worried about doing these ticky-tacky things. I think it took away from their play on the ice. Yeah, I would agree. I think the uh, the Canadians at towards the end of the series were too concentrated on the hits and grinding the Rangers down, and the Rangers just didn't have time for that. Um, jumping back in, look the grinding, like, the grinding, the grinding would work if Price matched Lundqvist that series. Right, you know? and Lundqvist just was a tad bit better than Price, not to take anything away from Price. I mean, I think the Rangers really had to work for all their goals. Um, yeah, and I also think that Lundqvist had a way tougher workload that whole series, you know? Price, I mean, Price had two games there, but it really wasn't tested that much, you know? Yeah, yeah I would agree. Um, we talked a little bit before about the fourth line, Grabner, Lindbergh, Foss. Let's see if they keep that line together. I know you're not too high on Grabner being on the fourth line. And Miller, Hayes, and Zuccarello. So uh, as far as the deep pairings, we talked about them already. McDonough, Girardi, they were solid. Smith and Shea. It looks like Shea got a little bit of jam in his game, too, um, which could be a result of being paired with Brendan Smith. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a good point you just made there. I, we think I think Shea's been great. You know, I know he uh, sometimes turns over the puck a little bit, but he's, you got to remember he's only a rookie. Yeah. And for, I mean, this is a deep year for the rookie class. You know, with Lane and Matthews, but if it was any other year, maybe he's up there in the Calder race and everything. But he's had a great year for the Rangers, and I just I'm interested to see where he goes. I mean, this guy could be our next Ryan McDonough one day. Who knows? Yeah, he's def- definitely been a pleasant surprise. You know, as far as the regular season record, they always talk about wiping the slate clean come the playoffs. Uh, it looks like on November 27th at MSG, uh, Ottawa won two to nothing. December 27th again at MSG, it was a four to three Ottawa loss to the Rangers. And April 8th, I don't really even know if we should count that game because AV rested like half the squad. Because at that, I don't think you should count any of those games to be honest <laughs> with you because the first two games it was the beginning of the season, right. so you know how can you compare? Ron to play both those games, if you yeah. remember. Yes. One game, Anderson came back after seeing his... Everyone knows about the Anderson and his wife. You know, yeah. His wife's battling cancer. And yeah. He takes time off to see her. He came back after visiting her, and I let lifted... You know, I don't want to sound an idiot here, you know, trying to be uh, offensive to his uh, plight, but, you know, that, that, that does boost you. It does give you a big boost of human spirit. And he came back and shut him out. And he actually did the same thing to the Oilers later in the year, too. Yes. That's uh, actually, if you remember when Tabo was uh, clapping for him. I do remember yeah. that. That was a classy move. Um, right. So, like, he's used that, you know, it's helped him a little bit, you know. But I don't think you can count those two games in that April 8th game. How do you even count that? I mean, right. the Rangers didn't have half the team playing. And Ottawa had everyone all hands on deck because they're trying to get home ice for the uh, Boston series. Right. So, I, I throw away the regular season. I don't, I, I wouldn't even look at it. Okay. All right, so we're going to forget about that eight, uh, that three to one Ottawa win on April eighth. The all time record. It looks like the Rangers are forty four, forty nine, and three versus Ottawa. There's only one other time that they've played each other in the playoffs, Sean. I'm sure you remember back in two thousand twelve. Yeah, two thousand twelve. Yep. In the Eastern Conference quarterfinals, the Rangers won that series four to three. There's two moments that stand out for me. Uh, the the infamous Dubinsky Gatorade cooler um, situation. Right. Remember that where he got tossed. Yep, yep for coming to Boyle's uh, aid after Karkner jumped Boyle at the beginning of the game. And then... Uh, well, because Boyle had that big hit on uh, Alfredson, right? Yeah. In game one. Yes. And then Haglin elbowed Alfredson during game two and was suspended for three games. So, uh... Right. But, yeah. but even, like, going back to that, that was a fun series, you know. <laughs> who knows what happens if they weren't shot-blocking so much that, that season. But how do you even look at that for this year, you know? Like, I think a lot of people just use that stuff for talking points. Sure. You know, five years ago, 
you know, let's talk about now. And right now, I think the Rangers just match up a lot better than this team. And I know all the star power that uh, Ottawa has. I just, I said this in the blog too. The, Rain, the Rangers, this is what they wanted. They wanted the, the crossover. You knew if you got Montreal, you're going to have an easier team with Ottawa and Boston. And the reason I say it's an easier team, just look at the standings. And if you remember, Ottawa uh, had a big slide towards the end of, that, of the season. And they won three overtime games against Boston. And Boston was all banged up, beat up. Krejci was out. I thought the Rangers had a tougher workload winning their first round than Ottawa did. And I'm, I really don't... I know Ottawa's power and it sounds cocky, but I just, I just don't see how the Rangers lose the series. Yeah, no, I would agree. I know that you said on your blog... Uh, Rangers in five. I'm going to go Rangers in six. And the only reason I brought those things up is because, again, there really isn't a, a deep playoff rivalry between these teams. So now is about the time that we make some new playoff memories. You've got, uh, from the 2012 squad, you've got Girardi, Kreider, Lundqvist, McDonough, Stahl, and Stepan that are still with the club. Uh, in looking at the, um, again, as far as the goalie matchups, Anderson was four and two. With a 1.94 goals against average, a 0.921 save percentage. Lundqvist again four and two, a 1.70 goals against average, and a 0.947 save percentage. So, uh, and know, like I said, uh, Lundqvist had a way heavier workload than Anderson did in the first round too. Yep. yep. So uh, you know some of those stats they sound nice, and if you just watch the games. Lundqvist did a lot more to win his series than Anderson did to win his series too. You know. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't watch. You know, I watched the game Friday night that went to overtime, and you were, we were talking about officiating and controversies. I remember at one point uh, there was a goal that was disallowed, and there was questions as yeah, to whether that was or not the, um, the double overtime game. Right, right, Pajot had his hand in the crease, and it wasn't a penalty shot. You know, so right. so there's a lot of uh, gaziness going on with these refs. Dude, that's, the, and that's such a wild card. And it sucks to say to say, oh, blame the refs, blame the refs, but it really has. Been. Yeah, you know, all right. So, just looking at the at the playoffs as far as the big, you know, the big uh, point getters, we got big game Brassard, two goals, six assists. We've got uh, Ryan, four goals, three assists. Carlson, the man who's playing with two hairline fractures in his uh, left heel, has five assists so far. Hoffman's got two goals, one assist. Fenuff's got one goal, two assists, and Clark MacArthur talking about another feel-good story. We talked a little bit about Anderson and Anderson's wife and what she's going through. Clark MacArthur missed big chunks of the season with multiple concussions. He's got two goals uh, in the series so far, including the, in the game, game winner. The, game winner yeah. the series winner. Yeah. Um, for, on the Rangers' side, Zibanejad's got uh, one goal, two assists. Zuccarello has three goals. Nash has two goals, one assist. Foss has two goals, one assist. Grabner has two goals, and Shea has two goals. So, again, I think, you know, this is an ideal matchup. I think we, we line up well uh, with the centers in all facets. I might give the nod to the centers as far as defense goes um, with, um, you know, Carlson, CC, and uh, Mathot is just back from injury. Um, but then again, we also have... McDonough, Girardi, Shea, and um, Brendan Smith. So maybe it's a wash. I, I, I just want to say one thing on those numbers. First thing is, do you see how high Ottawa the point numbers are compared to the Rangers' point numbers? Yes. It tells you that Rosk wasn't as good as Carey Price was in, in, in the first series. You know, yeah. Ottawa scored a lot of goals. Are you going to get all these points against Lundqvist if Lundqvist keeps us going? I don't see that happening. Yeah, and the, I think the funny. No. I was going to say the, the funny thing I saw. Is, um, who's, who's a point leader for each team? 
Ah, Derek Broussard, Mika Zibanejad. So. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know that's going to be the big headline. You know, oh, of course. <laughs> and you know what? This is not a huge headline item, but you know Victor Stahlberg's going to be coming back to MSG. Too. <laughs> I actually tweeted that after. I was like, nobody's talking about Stahlberg. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be a video montage to Stahlberg uh, on the Jumbotron? <laughs> hey. Did they give Dan Boyle a video package when he got a thousand or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the again, just the specialty teams quickly, and then I want to also t- chat a little bit about the Oilers and the Ducks, of course, because I know we're both big Cam Talbot fans. From a specialty team's perspective, the Rangers went one for fifteen versus the Canadiens. The Senators again went five for twenty-three, although they did give up one shorthanded goal while they were on the power play. Uh, penalty kill for the Rangers. Rangers killed seventeen out of twenty power plays and scored shorthanded which was a big turning point in that game uh, and the Sanders killed 13 out of 16 power plays versus Boston so um, I would just I would give this to the special teams edge to Ottawa just because the Rangers power play is so bad it's yeah. been bad forever so okay so if, you know so if we're going to give Ottawa an edge we're going to give them an edge in the on the power play so let's not give them yeah and you can go to coaching I think it's the Rangers offense Rangers yes I know about uh, Klaus back of the defense the Rangers you know, it's, I just, I really think the Rangers match up with them every facet just because of the power play. All right, so your prediction again on the blog. And again, if you're not following Sean on Twitter, you can find him at NYC, the MIC. And please, by all means, you got to visit this guy's bluecollarblueshirts.com blog. It is uh, a must read. Uh, so let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about the Oilers and the Ducks. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a heck of a series. I don't know how much of these games I'm going to get to watch because, you know, those late night starts are are, you know, they're they're tough for me. But uh, what well, are your especially since the ten, it's not even ten o'clock at ten thirty, which right. drops like ten forty-five. Right, that extra half hour, forty-five minutes is a killer. What's your prediction for this one, Sean? Straight up, Oilers in six. Although I know why everyone's picking the Ducks, but. I'm right. I'm right in my hot hand. I'm going with the Orange Crush. So I think the Oilers are uh, just one of those teams who are. Uh, you see these teams in the playoff series, whether in any kind of sport, they just get hot at the right time. I think the Oilers are that team. Yeah, they get hot at the right time. They've got some kids on that team, you know, that no one has said, "Hey, just like with Toronto." Now I know Toronto lost, you know, yesterday to the but Caps, they, but, 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 they, but they lost three overtime. Correct. To uh, the number one scene. So right. I mean, is it a disparity that close, or was Washington fall off? I think Washington struggled a little bit, and I think they're definitely going to struggle against Pittsburgh. But my point being is that, just like with the Leafs, the Oilers have some kids, and no one's told these kids, hey, you don't belong here. They're just going out there, and they're playing their game. You know, Connor McDavid, two goals, two assists. We've got Clefbaum, two goals, one assist. Latestu, one goal, two assists. Dreisaitl, one goal, two assists. Zach Cassian has two goals. DeHarnay with one goal, one assist. And Milan Lucic, one goal, one assist. Talbot uh, is 4-2, and 2.03 goals against average, .927 save percentage. And I believe our man Cam has two shutouts. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. Do, do I want really to tell you what impresses me the most about that Oilers team? Go ahead. Is you're, you're reading off the numbers. The one number you didn't read off, do you know how many even strength points McDavid had in those six games? No, go ahead. Talk to me. Even strength. He only had one point. So the heart, the MVP, you know, the best, maybe the best player in hockey today, he had only one even strength point in six games. That tells you that he, they're not blowing people away with the offense. 
Talbot and that defense won that series, and yeah. they beat a veteran team. They beat the Western Conference champions, yeah. and that's good defense. It's not to do McDavid. So David gets hot in this next round. Who knows what happens? But for a young team like the Oilers, they're buying to McClellan's defensive system, and they came in and they showed, and they, I think they upset the Sharks. A lot of people thought the Sharks would win that series. I just think the Oilers defensively are a lot better than they were. I mean, who would have thought they would have won that, um, the Taylor Hall and that Larson trade? Larson's huge for them. So I just think that the Oilers shut them down, and I know who the Ducks have, but I'm still, I mean, I'm going with the heart here, but I'm still riding with the Oilers instead. And referencing uh, who the Ducks have is perfect segue. We've got Getzlaff, three goals, two assists. Raquel, two goals, three assists. Theodore, two goals, three assists. Thompson, two goals, two assists. Bieksa, four assists. Silverberg, two goals, one assist, and Corey Perry, one goal, two assists. Those are your top uh, six or seven point getters. Gibson's 3-0 and with a 2.60 goals against average and a .926 percentage. And I didn't watch hardly any of the games from this series, Sean. You might know what happened. It looks like I Gibson... Watched, I, watched, I watched all four of them. Uh, right. Gibson got pulled in game three, uh, I want to say. Right, right. That's what I was going to ask you about because Bernier... Uh, is one and zero with a zero point zero zero goals against average and a one point zero 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 save percentage. I think so, it was. I want to say they blew a three goal lead. Um, the Flames blew a three goal lead at home, I believe. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was game three. So they were uh, they were home. Yeah, they blew a three goal lead. And uh, the big thing was um, the Ducks. They got a lot of uh, injuries on the defense. I mean, Fowler's still out. Right. Uh, Vatnin's out. Right. And uh, Lindholm was hurt, but I think he should be ready for uh, the first game. I also heard on a, a hockey talk show today on satellite that uh, it looks like Fowler may be set to return in this series. So it's definitely. And gonna... if he does, he's, he's you know he's not coming back 100. percent You know. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you also heard what Joe Thornton was dealing with today. So uh, everybody right, with the ACL yeah. and everything. And yep. Everybody with Lars with the kettle thing. Right, everybody. Everybody's playing banged up. So you're saying uh, Oilers in six. I'll go Oilers in seven. You're saying Rangers in five. I'm going to say Rangers in six. I know you and I were both off by one game in the previous series, um, and I think I mentioned to you that I uh, I made a friendly wager with a guy at the physical therapist's office that uh, that I visit. He thought the uh, Canadians. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's there. I called over there today. I didn't get a chance to go over and collect my winnings, but uh, it is there. He begrudgingly did make good on his bet. So, Sean, we, we're, we're reaching the 25-minute mark. I really do uh, love talking pucks with you. Thanks again for calling in. You're, you're listening to Sean McCaffrey. Again, the creative force behind BlueCollarBlueShirts.com. Um, he is unapologetic. He is opinionated. He is known to be politically incorrect at times. I don't always agree with everything he says, but his blog is pure gold, uh, and there are um, very few Ranger fans as knowledgeable and as passionate as you are, my friend. So keep up the great Uh, work. Thank you so much for the plugs. Um, I just want to get you on record. Who do you got in the other two series? I want to say it's going to go seven. I want to say Pittsburgh beats out uh, the Caps. I just uh, what do you like on the other West series? Uh, I think the Predators are going to take it. It's probably going to go seven. What are your thoughts? All right, so uh, when we go back and uh, do uh, the Rangers winning the Senators series, we'll go back to our prediction. I like the Penguins in six, and I'll go to uh, Nashville in six. All right, you heard it here. And uh, 
Again, Sean, thanks so much for your flexibility. I know we kind of pushed the uh, the time of this call uh, back. Uh, easy to help you out. All right, listen, and you know, you have, I really appreciate you having me. Of course, and it goes both ways, my friend. I'll be sure to uh, you know tweet and uh, support your good work there on bluecollarblueshirts.com. Sean, take it easy. It was great talking with you. You too, brother. Let's go Rangers. All right, let's go Rangers. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Schroeder. Kevin's a freshman at Fordham University. Uh, You may remember him from episode 11 of the podcast, where we focused on making the transition from high school to college hockey. And I'm a man of my word, Kevin. I said, uh, if the Rangers beat the Montreal Canadiens, that I'd have you back on to talk about the series and what's, uh, what's up next for the blue shirt. So how's it going today? It's good. Thanks for having me. It's amazing how much better I feel after the New York Rangers win. I don't know if you if the same goes for you too. I feel great. We both called it on the on the last podcast for round one. We both said Rangers in six, and I mean it came true. I feel great. Yeah, I have to tell you, I I I, I wavered a little bit after that game three performance on Easter Sunday, but uh, you know they rebounded nicely. Uh, they did, as you said, you and I both said Rangers in six. That was a heck of a win last night. Uh, they exercised all the demons. Montreal playing at the Bell Center wasn't an issue. Uh, you know, Carey Price, you know, he played well. I mean, I have to give the Montreal Canadiens credit. Uh, but Hank, it looks like Lundqvist is back. I was really rough on him all year both uh, on social media and in real-life conversations with people. But he was the difference in this series, Kev. Wouldn't you agree? I, I truly, well, I remember saying Kreider would be my difference maker in the series. He did pretty well, but Hank was the difference maker in the series. Uh, he's the reason we go so far in the playoffs, and he showed that he's still the king. He showed us that first round he's still the king, and Terry Price has a little bit to work up to. As a matter of fact, you were very complimentary of Hank because I threw out the whole, you know, if Hank struggles, are we going to see Ranta? And you were adamant that we were not going to see Auntie Ranta in this series, that you didn't see Hank struggling. So you were right on the money on that. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I mean, my little brother Danny's diehard Hank fan, so I probably couldn't talk bad about him even if I wanted to. All right, so let's just, some of my observations from the first round, we already talked about Lundquist is back. As a matter of fact, I have a, a mailman who is a rabid New York Rangers fan, and he has a tendency to write little notes on my junk mail, especially during the playoffs. And he left me something the other day, and it just said, Vintage Hank, with big exclamation points. So Lundquist is definitely back. Um, some of my other observations from the first round, Kevin, is that the Rangers can play both a physical game and also, you know, that, that run and gun, that offensive game. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, you definitely saw both of it with the physicality. I mean, Brady Shea was averaging, I think, he doubled his regular season numbers and hit just in the playoffs. He was all over the place. Everybody was all over the place. The, the physicality was there, but we weren't just a physical team. We were also a skilled team with speed, which was perfect. We played as much as Tanner Glass did well the first game. Once he got out, we fully had a skilled lineup in there to play. And the physicality was there even without Tanner Glass. And it was a good match, and it beat the Montreal Canadiens. And I think if we keep that going, I mean, it's official now we're playing the Senators. I think against them with the physicality, it's going to be the same, same story. Yeah, I, I would expect that we're going to pick up where we left off. It's an interesting stat that you bring up with Brady Shea. I'm wondering if we can attribute any of that to his being paired with Brendan Smith. Because Brendan Smith... I was real impressed with what he brought to the blue line as far as, you know, not to sound too Tortorella-esque, but some grit, some snarl, some jam. Um, I really like what Brendan Smith brings, and I hope we can find a way to re-sign him come, the, uh, come July 1st. Yeah, that's, I, I think Brendan Smith was a, was a huge pickoff for us. I mean, in the regular season, we were kind of shaky down, and we thought it was going to be Holden Klein in the playoffs, and now they're questioning who to play, Holden or Klein, and Smith and Brady Shea are... Our, I care too. I'd call them, and they were. If you look at all our goals, they were. They're in the play. They're getting in there. Brady Shea's goal in uh, Game Five was huge to tie it up to two. I mean, they just know where the puck is. They're watching the ice very well, and they also are the grit. They're they're in there, hits and bites and everything. It's great. Yeah, just to jump on the defense, I know I'm, I've been real pleased with the McDonough Girardi pairing. I mean, Girardi had that monster hit on Shaw. And Shaw didn't play in Game Six, as I'm sure you know. Uh, it looks like yeah. looks like Girardi has found the fountain of youth. Um, Smith and Shea, we've already talked about them. I like them as a pair. I don't know about Holden. I don't know about Klein. I even question our, uh, uh, Mark Stahl's abilities. So I think defense is still kind of a, a, a glaring um, issue for us. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way because I think McDonough, whoever he plays with, he makes better. Jari and McDonough have the chemistry. It's worked good for them so far. They were good to watch. I mean, Brady Shane Smith, again, great to watch. I love seeing them producing and everything. And then I, myself, am not a big ball fan. I think ever since he got the eye injury, he just kind of slowly decreased in skill. I mean, there was one play, I forget, I think it was there, one of their overtime game winners, or it was in game five, where he didn't, he decided not to bounce the puck off the glass and out, but instead tried to circle back, got the puck taken away, and then the Canadians ended up scoring. And right there, just kind of looks at me, I go, if you're more supposed to be one of our top defensemen and a, a play like that's happening, I'm not so sure about you. And then the whole Klein and Holden being shaky both ways. I mean, that third pairing is kind of, it's going to scare me if we go further into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm wondering if at any point we wind up seeing maybe Steve Camper or um, Adam Clendenning, but uh, we'll see. You know, AV is known for, for switching things up. You know, a couple of other observations. I think, you know, we certainly need to be more disciplined. There were too many careless penalties, too many stick infractions for my liking. Um, high sticks, slashes, hooks. You know, the officiating was was questionable too, but I think we definitely need to be more disciplined. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the officiating was a little flippy-floppy both ways for the Canadians and the Rangers. 
But I mean, like when Zuccarello has a stick around a guy's face, I mean, you, you, you can't be doing that in such a close game in an overtime and any time. I mean, if those, if we do that against the Senators who scored a couple power play goals today, one being the overtime game winner, we're going to have a problem because our power play can't produce as much. No. So our penalty kill has to really step in there. The power play that we play is on fire. So we can't be taking stupid penalties. And our PK, for the most part, was solid, but as you just alluded to, our our power play was abysmal. Thank goodness that Zuccarello finally got us off the schneid last night. I the, the whole restaurant, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, as I said earlier, the whole restaurant erupted, and I think it wasn't just because it tied the, the game, but I think it was also just a relief that we finally scored a power play goal in this series. And I think the reason we scored a power play goal is because we finally shot the puck. Yeah. We, we got a guy in front, and we finally shot the puck. I mean, that's all you have to do, just shoot the puck. We passed too much. If you're not, don't look for the perfect shot. Get on that. You're going to get a bounce. You never know. Yeah. Two, two more observations. Our top forwards need to produce more. Stepan finally scored. Granted, it was an empty netter. You know, Kreider did pick it up, as you alluded to. Miller and Hayes did the same. Miller had some very undisciplined penalties too, I noticed as the series went along, but we're going to need more from those four guys in particular, um, especially as the uh, semifinals get underway later this week. Yeah, I, I agree 100% because, I mean, yes, for Fox, that whole, I mean, we don't, as AV said, he goes, I don't have labels on my lines, I just roll four different lines. I don't roll my first, second, third line. And fourth line, I roll different lines. And Fosk, Lindbergh, and Grabner really stepped up for our team. They were a good line. They were in the offensive zone almost the entire time. They were on the ice. It was beautiful. And Fosk scored some huge goals in the series, too. Yeah, I'm worried that we're going to lose Fosk to uh, Vegas. Yeah, that wouldn't. He'd be a great addition to that team, and it'd be upsetting to see him leave us. And that's actually my final observation from the first round, that even though AV doesn't put labels on the lines, we arguably have the best fourth line in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I know Pittsburgh's fourth line can produce, but they don't they don't scare me as much. Our fourth line gets on, we're scoring a shorthanded goal, we're scoring, I mean, big goals, and they're driving to the net. They got in Gary's price face, and they were a huge reason for it. Even Rick Nash was driving to the net. He was playing like a Let's, uh, it was a lot yeah, let's. We talked about the D pairings. You know, again, AV is known for switching things up. By my estimation, based on what I saw last night, and you can certainly, we talked about Grabner, Lindbergh, Fast. It looks like Miller, Hayes, Zuccarello. Was that the line last night, Kevin? Can you, can, can you, yeah, that was what I would call our, our third line. That was Miller, Hayes, and Zuccarello on a line. So then, does that mean Nash, Stepan, and VC were our second line, or was that our first line? I can't. It was. It's tough to tell. What would you? Hundred percent sure because I know the lines right were with VC, Stepan, Nash, Zabinajad, Kreider, and Buchnevich, who is somebody that we really didn't talk too much about before the the quarterfinals began. But it looks like he uh, he actually belongs in these postseason in the postseason. Yeah, he, he, he's a fast, great addition. He, he got in there with Steve Ott. He was getting his face a little bit. He had a little uh, edge to our game, which I like. And he does, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. Yeah. And he created a lot of opportunities. I think he's one of the big reasons we won the series. I think he's a big part of it. 
Let's just take a look quickly at the specialty teams uh, in the regular season. Actually, no. You know what? What's this here? Well, we have the actually with the specialty teams. We're clicking in the regular season at twenty point two percent for the Rangers, seventeen percent for the Senators. The uh, penalty kill was at 79.5% for the Rangers, 79.7% for the Senators. So, you know, it looks like from a specialty team's perspective in the regular season, we're pretty evenly matched. Um, the Senators ended the regular season at 44, 28, and 10, 98 points. Uh, Rangers 48, 28, and 6 with 102. Anderson, you know, we know he had some personal issues. He had to leave the team to tend to his wife. Uh, who is currently battling cancer. He comes in at 25-11-4 with a 2.28 goals against average and a .926 save percentage. Uh, in the playoffs, he's 4-2, 1.94 goals against average and a .921 save percentage. King Henrik, 31-20-4 uh, in the regular season, 2.74 goals against average. Very unhank-like numbers, 9.10 save percentage. In the playoffs, though, again, he is slightly better. Uh, same record, four and two, one point seven zero goals against average, and a point nine four seven save percentage. Uh, Rangers scored Rangers scored two hundred fifty two goals in the regular season to the Senators two hundred six goals. Uh, looks like Kyle Torres, Kevin, uh, led the Senators in goals with twenty seven, uh, whereas Kreider had twenty eight goals in the regular season for the Rangers. Uh, in the playoffs, Brassard two goals, six assists. Ryan, four goals, three assists. Carlson, five assists. Hoffman, two goals, one assist. Phaneuf, one goal, two assists. And Clark MacArthur, the feel-good story for Ottawa, two goals. Uh, the guy missed a chunk of time, a big chunk of time with concussions. Two goals, uh, including the game winner in today's game in overtime. Um, as far as our guys go in the playoffs, Zibanejad, one goal, two assists. Zuccarello, three goals. Nash, two goals, one assist. Foss, two goals, one assist. Grabner, two goals. And Brady Shea with two goals. So uh, no injuries for the Rangers. We've got uh, two injuries for the Senators. Pyatt's out with an upper body. And Borzievsky is uh, out with a lower body. He brings some snarl. Um, Just kind of wrapping up here, Kev. Our regular season record, it looks like on the 27th of November, uh, Ottawa beat us in New York. By a score of two nothing, December twenty seventh in New York, we beat Ottawa four three. April eighth in Ottawa. Now we were we were resting a ton of guys. If you remember, Kevin, in uh, in April, Ottawa won three to one. The all time record is we are forty four forty nine and three. Uh, the only time we faced the the uh, Senators in the playoffs was back in two thousand twelve in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. We won that series, as you might remember, 4-3. to three. A couple of things jump out at me from that series, as you might remember, Kev. Dubinsky was ejected from the game. I think it was game two for coming to Boyle's assistance after Karkner jumped Boyle at the beginning of the game. That's that infamous Gatorade cooler incident, if you remember, where Dubinsky uh, absolutely destroyed the Gatorade cooler uh, as he exited the, uh, the ice. And Haglin also elbowed Daniel Alfredson. And was suspended for three games. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so worried about the regular season record with Ottawa. Or overall, 
history with Ottawa just because it's playoff time. I mean, look, we did travel against the Canadians and we beat them in six and we showed them who the boss was. So it was really nice to see all that. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a real fun second round. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, this is our this is the best way that we can get uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Beating Montreal in six. Uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a great series against Ottawa. I think we match up well against them, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you on uh, for an Eastern Conference Finals uh, preview show. So uh, let's go Rangers! Thanks again, Kevin, for calling in. This is Kevin Schroeder, freshman at Fordham University. He's a regular on the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast. So enjoy the rest of your evening, Kevin. Thanks again for calling in. Thank you very much. You enjoy too. All right. Take care, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Caden Belint. Did I get that right? I asked you that last time. Yep. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, right. I love it. Well, names are very important, Caden. I don't want to mess anything up or offend anybody. Uh, Caden is a, yeah. uh, <clears throat> a writer and uh, an analyst for the Upstate Sports Zone. He can be found on Twitter at Caden underscore Belint. And uh, he was a guest on my New York Rangers playoff preview show. And uh, I'm a man of my word. I said that if the Rangers uh, beat Montreal, which I predicted they would do in six games, so I'm right on the money, that I'd be happy to have you back on. So, Caden, how's it going, my friend? I'm good. It's amazing to me how much better I feel after the Rangers win. I don't know if, if you go through the same kind of thing. I can feel it. You know, you get the weight off your back. Like, you, you're worrying about Montreal because you have know, their superpowers, Terry Price, uh, Max Pacioretty, Shea Weber, those guys. And to get those net weight off your back and say that we're in a second round, some time to rest and look at our game plan, we can probably take them on too and take them out. Yeah, this we talked about this the first time you and I got together. The, the Rangers are in an ideal position. You know, you cross over into the Atlantic, you know, you've you've dispatched the Canadiens. You've you've dispelled all the concerns that Ranger fans had about playing in the Bell Center. You know, Montreal, Carey Price in particular, own the Rangers in the regular season. All that stuff goes out the window. You mentioned Max Pacioretty. I'm gonna tweet something to you after we uh, we end this call. Um, I can't take credit for the picture, but it's an incredibly clever meme uh, oh. specifically looking at uh, Max Pacioretty. So I'll send that out to you once we're uh, once we're done. But, uh, you know, I have a few first round observations that I want to share with you and certainly get your two cents on. First of all, the king is back. I owe Henrik Lundqvist an apology. You know, I was really critical of him, not only on social media, but also in numerous conversations I have with people in real life. And it looks like he is back. I got- with him, I think the playoffs are already 
but it was thin for him. He likes to play the, his best in the in the, uh, the in the regular season, but when he hits the playoffs, something comes over to me, like something possesses him, and he just plays like how he plays, like the king. Yeah, he he was definitely the difference maker in this series. Um, you know, I, I had flashbacks of 2014, certainly flashbacks of 2012. Uh, so again, I'm hoping that you know the 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 good play, the solid play that we saw from King Henrik continues in the the next round in the semifinals versus Ottawa. It's official; we are facing the Senators. Um, I also noticed, uh, Caden, that the Rangers can play both that physical grinding game um, with that snarl, with that grit, with that jam, uh, not to sound too much like uh, John Tortorella there, but they can also play that run and gun, that speed, and that offensive game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Montreal tested us that whole first round when when they, they really showed us their physical side and we came back with guys like Tanner Glass, Rick Nash, he, he played very physical. I'm surprised with him. Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough, they play a lot of physical. Uh, VZ getting the fight in game six from fights happening, Brendan Smith. These guys get physical and you're going to win games like that. Yeah, I was really impressed. You mentioned Brendan Smith. What a pickup for us. I hope there's a way we can uh, we can re-sign him because he's he definitely has helped Brady Shea. I know Brady Shea brought a little bit of snarl. As well, I'm, I'm wondering if that has anything to do with him being paired with Brendan Smith. But Brendan Smith definitely uh, brought the physical edge. Uh, you mentioned Dan Girardi. Dan Girardi hit Andrew Shaw in Game 5, and Andrew Shaw didn't play in Game 6. I'm sure you noticed that. Uh, so again, yeah. we definitely brought that physical edge, but we also didn't forget how to play um, that offensive game, which kind of was our bread and butter all season. Our, our penalty kill was solid. Our power play, however, was abysmal. Thank goodness Zuccarello finally got us off the schneid last night. Let's hope that um, our power play continues to improve because uh, Ottawa definitely brings um, brings a, a, a solid power play as evidenced today in, uh, in overtime uh, beating the Bruins. Um, I think the Rangers also need to be more disciplined, Caden. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Too many careless penalties. Uh, particular, you know, a lot of stick infractions, high sticks, slashes, some hooks. You could say the officiating was questionable, but I think it went both ways in the in the last series. But the Rangers definitely need to be more disciplined. Yeah, um, I think with the the calls, I don't want to like make excuses, but I saw something in game number two when Montreal scored the 17 seconds left. If you look back, you saw Schuwer. Cross check Grabner and the rest were looking right at it. I don't know what was that, but I let that slide. I was very mad about that, but you gotta let that slide. But there's a lot of questionable calls. But I think if the Rangers keep taking these careless penalties, high sticking, slashing, tripping, they're gonna pay for it. I think they're gonna, they're gonna be hurt for it. Yeah, another questionable non call for me was when uh, I want to say it was in game five. You can confirm this for me. When Gallagher, you know, took a swing at McDonough. Right in front of the ref, and there was no call whatsoever. I mean, I didn't see that. That was that was not good. You can't these refs. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying these refs are like uh, towards Montreal, but I mean they gotta really pay attention now. Like this is getting into the deep parts, and it's just um, they really just kind of uh, like pay attention to these calls. If they keep doing this through this through these next three rounds, these next rounds coming up, it's really gonna hurt. 
yeah. teammates who were affected by the bad penalties. You know, I saw a number of goaltender interference, you know, just league-wide, a number of goaltender interference, questionable, you know, calls or non-calls, goals being disallowed. So the referees definitely have to step up their game. Um, another uh, observation Nick Holden is a defensive liability, and Kevin Klein is no better. I'm not sure what we can do to remedy that situation. I don't know if we will ever get to see Camfer or Clendenning in the lineup, but uh, you know they, they need to just simplify their games and, and stop with the no-look, cross-ice, careless passes, especially in a yeah. round. I was talking to a friend about this, about the whole defensive positioning, and I know the Rangers just signed Alexei Brigalov out of the KHL, and he could take the bottom line, the third line uh, D pair, but the question is, who can he be paired with? Now, I know it's really early to say that it's only the second round of the playoffs for us, but what if we sign Shattenkirk, and what will that do to us? If we, in Shattenkirk, we resign Smith, what would that do to Holden and Klein's chances of still playing in New York? Maybe even Dan Girardi's chances of still playing here. I mean, I, I, I just to go back to that, I mean, I don't see Nick Holden or Kevin Klein on this team next year, whether they're bought out, um, whether they're just left exposed. I don't, I don't see Vegas taking either one of them. I think Vegas is going to wind up taking uh, Jesper Fast, who's been phenomenal on that fourth line, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I again. You mentioned Girardi too. I, I like what Girardi brings. Uh, he's been physical. He's been well playing well paired with McDonough. Um, you know, let's talk about the uh, the forward lines. Those those combos for a minute. For based on what I saw last night, I know they started Miller, Hayes, Zuccarello. Um, Zuccarello had two uh, massive goals last night. Uh, we have Na- yeah. Nash, Stepan, and VC. From what I remember. Uh, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Buchnevich. I know those guys had some early season success, so it's nice to see that. Um, it's nice to see Buchnevich in the lineup. It looks like he definitely belongs there, um, and we know Av is notorious for tinkering with the line, so I'm glad that uh, he put those guys together. And then the fourth line, you know, even though Av doesn't like putting labels on his lines of Grabner, Lindbergh, and Faust. Uh, one more observation, if I could, Caden, I just want to get your thoughts. Our top forwards were practically invisible in the, in the quarterfinals, uh, that being Kreider, Miller, Hayes, and Stepan. I know Stepan had the empty netter last night, and it looked like Kreider, Miller, and Hayes kind of poured it on in Game 6, but we're definitely going to need more out of those uh, top guys. Oh, yeah. Um, with the... Like what you said with the with this first line being invisible. Now I know the band had to score a game winning goal in game number five. Uh but scoring one goal isn't compared to what the fourth line's been doing with like I know Michael Grabner has two goals. I know Tara Glass had a goal. I think Jesper Fox has a goal. Um it's been I mean, I know Zoops has two goals. I don't I think Nash has one, if I'm correct about that. The uh, two. actually, you know what? I have some stats here. I pulled them offline. Zabenejad has one goal, two assists. Zook actually has three goals. Nash has two goals, okay. one assist. Fost has two goals, one assist. Grabner has two goals, and Shea actually has two goals. So we've got uh, we've got some scoring, um, you know, from from some of the names that that should be scoring again. Zabenejad, Zuccarello, Nash. Um, 
just to mention quickly our opponent, the Senators, uh, former Ranger and now current Ottawa Senator Derek Brassard, two goals, six assists. Uh, Bobby Ryan, four goals, three assists. Eric Carlson, five uh, assists. Uh, Hoffman, two goals, one assists. Fanuff, one goal, two assists. And Clark MacArthur, what a feel-good story. He, that guy's been out, missed major uh, chunks of time due to multiple concussions, and he now has two goals in the playoffs, including the game winner um, on the power play in overtime to uh, send the Bruins packing. Um, the Senators finished the regular season, Caden, 44-28-10. and 10. They come. They came in with 98 points. The Rangers 48, 28, and six with 102 points. Um, regular season stats for Anderson. I'm sure you're aware that he had to leave um, a big chunk of the regular season to take care of his wife, who was diagnosed with cancer. We certainly all understand that. Uh, he came in at 25, yep. 11, and four with a 2.28 goals against average and a .926 save percentage. In the playoffs, he's four and two. 1.94 goals against average and a .921 save percentage. King Henrik came in the regular season 31-20 and four with a 2.74 goals against average. Again, very unhenrik like numbers. 9.10 save percentage, but he redeemed himself in the playoffs, coming in at four and two with a 1.70 goals against average and a 9.47 save percentage. The Rangers uh, scored 252 goals in the regular season. Sanders came in at 206 goals scored. As far as specialty teams, um, in the regular season, the power play was uh, at 20.2% for the Rangers, 17% for the Sanders. The penalty kill was pretty even for both teams, 79.5% for the Rangers, 79.7% for the Senators. No injuries, uh, fortunately, for the Rangers right now. The Senators are dealing with two uh, injuries, an upper body injury to Pyatt and a lower body injury to Borzievsky, who definitely brings the jam, the grit, and the snarl. Uh, I like, I like, I like our, uh, our chances against Ottawa. I ran a poll on Twitter prior to uh, game uh, six today. 61% of those uh, who voted preferred Boston. I preferred Boston, but again, we are... Uh, taking on Ottawa. What are your thoughts on this matchup uh, as uh, as the semifinals are set to get underway later this week? Well, it's going to be very cool to see Zuccarello taking on his old best friend, Derek Brassard, or Stahlberg taking on his old team. I think, I think he is in Ottawa right now. But something I just found out today is that Eric Carlson said that he had been playing with a hairline fracture in his foot for the huh. whole series. Now, Will that hurt? Will he be able to play the series? We won't know. I think he'll play, I don't think he'll play game one. Maybe not even game two. I think he'll get in for the game three and game four, but the hairline fracture in his foot, that really gives us a big chance on losing their top defender. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that, um, how that factors into this series. Uh, just to jump uh, some more additional stats from the regular season on November 27th, uh, in New York at Madison Square Garden, Ottawa won two nothing. December twenty seventh in New York, Ottawa lost four to three. And as you probably remember, Caden, we were resting a bunch of guys in April, especially since we were locked into the first wild card at that point. Ottawa won three to one. The all time record 
against uh, the Sanders. We're 44-49-3. and The first and only time we faced off against the Sanders was back in 2012 in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. The Rangers won that series, as I'm sure you remember, 4-3. to Some memorable moments, oh, yeah. some memorable moments from the playoffs in Game 2. Brandon Dubinsky was ejected from that game for coming to Brian Boyle's assistance after Karkner uh, jumped Boyle at the beginning of the game. That's the infamous Gatorade cooler um, incident, as you might remember, where Brandon Dubinsky absolutely destroyed that uh, poor, uh, unexpected uh, Gatorade cooler on his way off the ice. And Carl Hagelin also elbowed Daniel Alfredson, uh, who was captain of the Senators at that time, and was suspended for three games. So there is a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of drama. Um, there are some interesting storylines, like you said, with uh, Derek Broussard, Victor Stahlberg, Zabenejad facing off against his former team, Zuccarello facing off against his uh, his um, good buddy there in Derek Broussard. What's your prediction, if I can ask you, kid? What are you thinking for this series? I'm thinking Rangers take it in six. I think that they really showed what they could do against Montreal. I know Montreal's a very good team. They took the first ball, they took the first spot, but I think that the Rangers will impose their strength early in this playoff series and win it in six. I think AV has fixed his lines a little bit more. I'm not sure about giving Glass any more time right now, as considering how Boots has been playing phenomenally with his. Uh, and the Bennett had. It's going to be interesting, this whole series. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I like I like your thinking. I'm going to go Rangers and six on this as well. Um, what are your thoughts on putting Grabner or trying Grabner on the power play just to change things up? Uh, I think it would be a good idea. Elaine wants to, work, wants to get the power play going to get, these, to get the guys like saying, hey, we can do this. We can score the power play, but we just need to have the right lines. I think there may be a line of the Benedict on defense because he has a wicked slap shot. I know that. Big Gunner next to him. Zuccarello taking the right or the left. Stefan taking the center and Grabber taking the other wing would be a great power play line. Yeah, so let's uh, let's hope that um, the, our our power play continues to improve. Can't get much worse. Av said before Game Six that we were due, and he was right. Um, Caden, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out to uh, call in, and I'm hoping that uh, I can have you back on for an Eastern Conference Finals uh, preview show uh, again. If you're not already following Caden, he can be found on Twitter at Caden underscore Belint. He is part of the Upstate Sports Zone. And Caden, just tell us again, remind us, remind the listeners what the Upstate Sports Zone is all about. Upstate Sports Zone is a group of writers, high school uh, kids who write about our school, uh, Ichabod Crane and pro college and any kind of sports you can find. Yeah, I, I really uh, like the work that you guys are doing, tackling not just uh, the local sports scene, in the uh, Albany area, but also taking on, again, the major leagues. So, Gaden, again, thanks so much um, for calling in. This is your boy, Trav. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, uh, powered by Capiche.com, and uh, we'll be right back after this.
Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Jared McCabe, co-owner and writer from the Upstate Sports Zone. Thanks again, Jared, for calling in uh, on your last day of spring break. Is that correct? That's correct, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk some more Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, man, my pleasure. So not only is it the last day of spring break for you, but I know... You are a Boston Bruins fan, so this has got to be a, yeah. a tough, tough time for you to be calling in. So, you know what? Uh, it was a tough game, tough series, but you got to give all the credit in the world to the Senators. They played well the whole series, and uh, Boston—they just couldn't pull it. They just couldn't pull through. Uh, tough injuries on the defensive line, so. All in all, should be a great series between the Rangers and the Senators. Yeah, you know, let's actually we could start with that. I did a little bit of digging here, and it looks like uh, the all-time record Rangers Senators. The Rangers are forty-four, forty-nine, and three um, during the regular season on November twenty-seventh at MSG. The uh, Senators won two nothing on December twenty-seventh again at MSG in New York. Ottawa lost four to three, and then April eighth, as you may remember, Jared, we were resting a bunch of guys because at that point. The Rangers were already locked into the first wild card. Ottawa won three to one in Ottawa. Um, the first and only time these two teams faced off against each other in the playoffs was back in 2012 in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. The Rangers won that series four to three. Two things jump out at me, um, which you may remember: Brandon Dubinsky, who was the heart and soul, heart and soul player for the Rangers. I wish we had never traded him away. Was ejected from Game Two. For coming to Boyle's assistance after Boyle got jumped by Karkner at the beginning of that game. Uh, as he was leaving the ice, Brandon Dubinsky attacked a poor defenseless Gatorade cooler. Um, sent that thing flying. And then Carl Haglin, another name that you may remember being a, you know, a, a Ranger fan, a hockey fan, sports fan, elbowed Senators captain Daniel Alfredson and was suspended for three games. So there is... A little bit of drama, a little bit of intrigue. However, um, none of those players are with their respective teams any longer. But I like the way we match up with the centers, and it should be a good series. Can I get a prediction from you, Jared? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm picking Rangers and five. Um, I think either way, if the Bruins won, I think the Rangers still would have won in five. I felt that... The Rangers were going to get an easy uh, opponent the second round if they did beat Montreal, which they did. So I like the Rangers in five. Longquist, we had questions going in against Montreal, like if he could stand up, play play on his head, and play really well, and that's what he did. And I think that he proved that to us. So I think that that's a big advantage for the Rangers because knowing that he, he stepped up, they didn't need to go to Ronta for anything. So I like, it should be very interesting watching Broussard come back MSG and see how he does uh, against his former team. So I like the Rangers in five. Okay, I'll, you know I, I'm going to stick with Rangers in six, but I do like uh, I do like some of the some of the reasoning that you brought up and some current storylines, some current intrigue. Yes, we're going to have the return of Derek Brassard. Um, I know that the Senators also picked up Victor Stahlberg, although I think Victor Stahlberg was banged up. I'm not sure if he. He wasn't listed as one of the injuries that kept him out of the lineup, but I think he is banged up. It's going to be interesting to see Zuccarello 
against his former buddy, big uh, big game Derek Broussard. And uh, Mika Zibanejad will also be playing against his former team, uh, which should be interesting. You did mention this. Uh, I was very critical of Henrik Lundqvist the entire regular season. I do owe him uh, somewhat of an apology. He was the difference maker in this series. It looks like he turned back the hands of time somehow and regained his form. Um, I also observed, uh, based on the first series against Montreal, Jared, that the Rangers can play both that physical game, but also that run-and-gun offensive game, which found them lots of success during the regular season. I completely agree. Um, I think that they finally stepped up when they needed to. Um, You finally got some productive out of uh, Zuccarello when you felt that he was struggling to end end the season. He was struggling to fly in the back of the net, but he proved that to help lead the Rangers to the second round. And I think, like I said, I think I think I really like the Rangers in this series because they finally found who they are. They finally went back to that Ranger type of hockey. And I'm telling you, I like how VC played the first round, and that was our X Factor going into the Montreal series. So I think he's another X Factor for the Rangers against the Senators. But I think the big keys you got to stop Eric Carlson because he can do it. He can do it all for the Senators. If you can just get past pick goals early in the first period, then I think you'll be okay against the Senators. Hey, you know, it's interesting. I was speaking to Caden from the Upstate Sports Zone a little while ago, and he mentioned something that he read that Carlson has a hairline fracture in his foot, and uh, Caden was questioning whether or not he's going to be able to go in the first couple of games of this series. I think it's the playoffs, and guys are playing with all kinds of, you know, nicks and bruises and, you know, injuries. So I can't see Carlson not starting this series or playing in this series, but could you imagine what the Senators would be like without him? So... As a fan of the Bruins and watching him play throughout this series, there's no way he's sitting any of these games. The only thing that really bothered him was the cramps in the last game, the double overtime game, which right. is understandable because it's both of these teams throwing it out on the line, out on the ice. And that's the only thing that I saw. Otherwise, if he's playing with a hairline fracture or split, does it surprise me? There's probably, for all we know, one quest is playing with an injury. He hasn't even told anyone. So it's the playoffs. Expect that. He'll be good for game one in this series. And if he broke an arm, he'd still be playing. So <laughs> um, uh, if, if he couldn't play, then that'd be re- re- really tough for the Senators. But, but he's definitely suiting up game one. Right, and let's be honest, an Eric Carlson with a broken arm is still better than most of the defensemen in the league. With <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, our top forwards, it looks like they started coming together, figuring it out, game five, game six. But we're going to need more from Kreider. We're going to need more from Miller, Hayes, and Stepan. Um, you know, our, our, our penalty kill was solid. Our power play was abysmal. Thank goodness Zuccarello finally scored, got us off the schneid. Uh, the Rangers also need to be more disciplined. Too many careless penalties, too many stick infractions for my liking. I, I completely agree. I saw that tweet the other night that you uh, tweeted out. I completely agree. Uh, like the Miller penalty that was just so uncalled for, you know that you have to win that game, which they did. But it just, you got, it's the playoff hockey. You got to limit your mistakes because if you make power plays, like that's the one thing I took away from the Saturday Bruins series is that the Bruins have so many careless penalties that it's more like a game than goals. And you don't want that against the Rangers. But I forgot to mention this in the why I picked the Rangers in five. I completely, completely forgot, but I wanted to add this just to kind of get your thoughts on it. I think that the Rangers, 
even though it's only like, like they ended it in six, the Bruins and the Senators were almost going to go to game seven. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of energy on all these skaters and all these guys. And like having to travel from Ottawa back to Boston, back to Ottawa. I think a long series could really make these players exhausted and knowing that the Rangers have these couple of days off just to kind of relax and kind of get ready for that second round. I think that's a really big X factor for the Rangers. So, but like we were back to what we were talking about. Yes, all the careless penalties. You don't want that to play off hockey. Everyone's going to step up, step up and try to get that game winning goal. So if you're the Rangers, just play your game. You'll be fine. And I think you'll be able to beat the Senators. No, I think we're good. Um, Nick Holden is a defensive liability, and Kevin Klein is no better. I'm not sure if we're going to see Steve Camfer at any point or possibly Adam Clendenning. Any thoughts on uh, the Rangers' uh, defense outside of McDonough, Girardi, who have been fine, and Smith and Shea, who have been who have been solid as well? I think it's those same questions that we had going into the Montreal series. Like, who are you going to put back on that fourth line? I think you just keep it the way it is now. And if, they, if they're down, like, 0-2 or 0-3, but I don't think that's ever going to happen, then I think it's time to make changes. But I think you just keep the way it is. They, have, they seem to have a chemistry right now. I wouldn't try to change anything. But then if there is a key injury or there is something that happens along the way in this series, I think you make a change. But for right now, I think you just keep everything. Like you said, McDonough, Girardi, they've, they've all been doing fine this past series. So I think you just keep it the way it is. Like they say, you don't want to change anything if you want a series unless you really have to. So I think you just keep everything the way it is and you kind of go along game by game. Okay. All right. Um, as far as specialty teams go, Jared, it looks like we're pretty evenly matched. You know, coming in uh, during the regular season, the power play for the Rangers was at 20.2%. The power play for the Senators was only coming in at 17%. Um, as far as the penalty kill, evenly matched at 79.5% for the Rangers, 79.7% uh, for the Senators. As far as uh, goals scored, 252 goals scored in the regular season for the Rangers. Uh, 206 goals scored for the Senators. Um, your big goal scorer the regular season was Kyle Torres, 27 goals, and Chris Kreider clocked in at um, 28 goals in the regular season. So I like our chances, pretty evenly matched up. I ran a poll on Twitter prior to Game 6. Uh, 61% of those that voted wanted uh, to see Boston. I know you're one of those, um, but uh, we, we did not get our wish. You know what, though? The Senators played well. Bruins just couldn't pull out, pull out the victory uh, today. But um, back to the goal scoring, they're pretty much even. I think that's basically what we were saying about the Canadians and Rangers series. So very interesting to see who steps up for the Rangers. Maybe, like we said, Kreider can step up. I think Jenny Hayes, uh, excuse me, not Jenny Hayes, Kevin Hayes, I think he stepped up for the Rangers against the Canadians. So let's see who else can make this next step because you know, yeah, you know, actually, do you have a do you have an update on the uh, Leafs Caps by any chance? Uh, I can check. Um, I believe. I believe I thought I saw the Capitals leading right now. Yeah, I, 
you know, somebody told that somebody told the Leafs that you know, or forgot to tell the Leafs, I should say, that they're a year ahead of schedule and that they have no business being in the playoffs with the Caps. But uh, I like what I've seen out of the Leafs so far. You know, I'm hoping that they it's, can pull it off. It's currently zero zero in the second period. Okay. Uh, hey, anything? I would love to. I, excuse me. No, no. I think you and I would both love to see you and I and a ton of <laughs> hockey fans would love to see the Leafs knock off the Caps. Oh. Definitely, and it just uh, I was talking to Caden the other day. I'm like, what happens if the Capitals lose to the Leafs? Do you think they will trade Ovechkin, just kind of go into a mini rebuild? And we agreed on that. We think it's possible because if you can't get out of the first round with Ovechkin, I, I don't. I just you have to kind of you have to make some kind of change. I know that it sounds big and bold, but it's possible because. The Cats haven't said over the last couple of years they can't seem to do it. So, but like we said, let's go Leafs, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I heard the same thing on uh, on local New York sports radio um, talk. Yeah, you know, again, how I also said this. I've said this before a number of times on social media and on my podcast that. I don't think the Capitals are going to win a Stanley Cup with Ovechkin as their captain. So it's very possible that if you know they they get out of the first round, they beat the they beat the Leafs. Um, if 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 they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, I could see some big changes coming in Washington. They brought in a lot of pieces: Justin Williams, T.J. Oshie, Kevin Shattenkirk, most recently, and uh, you know Holtby's back up again for the Vezina, but uh, they've had their struggles. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this series um, plays out. Last final thing, though, on the Capitals. Not like I said, not to look far ahead, but I, if I were a Ranger fan, I'd rather play the Capitals in the Eastern Conference Finals than the Penguins because I think the Rangers can match up better against the Capitals than they would against the Penguin team. Because, like we've seen before in the past, the Penguins are just an animal in the playoffs and they're tough to beat. And like we saw last year against the Rangers, they they basically destroyed them last year. So, if I were a Ranger fan, I'd like again not to look ahead, but I think. If the Capitals do win that series and they go on to beat the Penguins, I would rather see the Capitals than I would the Penguins. Yeah, I'll definitely give you that. I think we, you know, hockey is, like most sports, it's a physical game, but it's also a mental game. And I think that we have the Caps number with uh, in that regard. So, um, again, Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, call in this evening um, on your last day of spring break. And, uh, on the uh, the same afternoon that the Bruins were eliminated by the Senators. So uh, that's Jared McCabe, co-owner and writer from the Upstate Sports Zone. He can be found on Twitter at JRod2430. Uh, this is your boy Trav. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. And we'll be right back after this. I hope you enjoyed this special New York Rangers playoff preview edition of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, powered by Capiche.com. 
And like all of you, I can't wait for the puck to drop and the semifinals to get underway. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.